you notice that you're a really good writer, you're a really good creative writer, um, and you're also a really good graphic designer. But then on the other side, you see I suck at speaking, you know, public speaking, mm-hmm. and I've I'm scared of video. Like I'm I'm scared to to communicate that way. Well, then you've got it right there. You're good at writing and you're good at graphic design. Then maybe the way you should communicate and the way you should educate is through carousels. And then that's when you know, okay, this is me, right? It's because you did the exercise of understanding who you are and what you're good at and what you suck at and leaning into that as opposed to being like, hey, this person's doing that. I can do it too. Let me do that. Welcome to the Awaken the Awesome podcast with your host, Olivier D. This is Awaken the Awesome, a podcast bringing a down-to-earth approach to personal growth. On this show, we're helping individuals just like you learn about tapping into their incredible potential through insightful interviews and inspiring lessons. Our mission is to encourage you to always keep pushing towards achieving your dreams and to stay awesome along the way. In an age where everyone is seemingly trying to stand out given the onslaught of trends, memes, and clickbait that most of us are more than used to, How exactly does one manage to make themselves known in the sea of noise and distraction? Marketing and self-promotion are not a bad thing. What we need to remember is that there are tactics and strategies that one can adopt which can effectively serve both your business as well as your personal brand. Gerard Tam is the visionary founder and talented director of Gerard Media, a truly kick-ass video production and digital marketing strategy firm specializing in bold and impactful storytelling that truly give business owners an unfair advantage over the competition. It took a fateful event during his early years growing up in Hong Kong on a random day fueling his love for skateboarding that Jerry would find that initial spark. A spark that would not only leave a lasting impression, he'll tell you the story himself, but would also anchor his belief that there is a great responsibility in capturing a moment of video, however fleeting. We all have a story, and stories are meant to be told. Jerry has made it his mission and purpose to tell these in a way that is not only authentic, but resonating beyond just talking about one's product or service. As a creator, storyteller, and educator, his longtime expertise collaborating with a gallery of established brands has given him the knowledgeable insight to share his many lessons learned along the way. On this episode, Jerry shares his origin story on how video made a lasting impact on his life, the power of a story, figuring out your guiding compass, social media do's and don'ts, and so much more. So let's get into this. Awaken the Awesome, episode 203 with Gerard Tam. Here we go. I always like to say this every time I start these wonderful conversations. It's um, I always like to say that it's always a pleasure and honor and a thrill because I understand that time is one of the most precious resources that we have. It's the one with the most precious that we can't make more of and we can't give it back. So I'm grateful for that, but also always want to celebrate the guest. Why I want to celebrate you, Jerry, because I've had the opportunity of connecting with you um, formally and informally uh, via the connection of the wonderful being that is uh, Jason. And I want to thank you guys uh, for the workshop, the initial workshop. And uh, I really about uh, I really did not know what I was getting into uh, when you guys launched the program. It was, again, an iteration of something that would really impact me a lot. And I understood even going in that messaging and storytelling and you hear all that stuff, you know. But when you speak to two people. And when I got to know you guys and through all our meetings and through all our conversations and the follow-ups, how 
it's so wonderful to see someone, first of all, so dedicated to their passion, such as yourself, someone so committed to growing and to bringing the best of their art and their creativity and their vision and their willingness to serve, because that's how we connect in this world through beyond the fallacy, beyond the gram, beyond the likes. It's all about service. And I get that impression with you and all the content that you share. I've seen, uh, I've been, you know, really following you and I really enjoy seeing all the quality. It's everything you talk about. It's everything that you execute. It's everything that you show and share and always letting us know that, you know what? It's doable. You guys really jammed it in our heads. All the participants like, guys, you don't need the big setup. If you want to, this is what we use. But if you, but understand that you must love your shitty art. <laughs> I love it. But Jerry, definitely. Um, I'm, I'm really, I'm really, um, not intimidated, but I'm really appreciative of all the work that you do showing me and others how video has a really tremendous power to connect, to share, to express, to move, uh, to, to inspire. And you really bring it home, man. So it's a lot uh, to take in, but also a lot to appreciate and celebrate. You're a terrific individual, and we're definitely getting into your story of all where all that magic began and where it's still going. But for the time being, this is just a heartfelt welcome from one brother to another. Thank you for being on the podcast, man. It's a pleasure and honor and a thrill to have you on. Wow, man, that that that's uh, I'm speechless. I don't even know what to say to that. But thank you, thank you for the warm welcome. Um, hopefully, I can provide your audience some some interesting insight, something different, and uh, value as we Love all it. like to say in our industry. <laughs> value yeah. is what it means, but that's. But it's true. It's true because we always, we always, I guess what, what I love about you is the fact that I always uh, am very um, moved by people who are living their passion and you come from a very sincere place. You shared, I, I guess, again, I've heard it a thousand times, but I guess for our audience, you know, I've heard the skateboarding story, but if mm. you could just like share it with our audience as to where a very consequential and impactful event actually trace the trajectory that we are on now people can understand that you there are such things as defining moments in our lives so tell us about that unfortunate day <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh it's a very uh, memorable day for me it's a very vivid image in my head that i can always uh go back to but um, yeah, for anyone that doesn't know about me, I, I am a video marketer, so I do video primarily as a service. So I help my clients market their business, market their brand and tell their story through video. Um, and uh, yeah, kind of this backstory of how I got into video um, all started back in Hong Kong. So I'm from Hong Kong, born and raised. And um Back when I was a child, you know, uh, a little teenager, rebellious little kid. Um, oh, I have no idea what you're talking we all? about. <laughs> well, I mean, back then I was pretty rebellious, you know. Now today, like my parents would tell me, you know, you, you're doing good. You're not too bad nowadays. Yay. You're still a little, you're still a little left field on some things, like compared to your to your to your older sister. But um, you're good. You're you're on the right path. So. Um, but yeah, back when I was in Hong Kong and I was still um, in school, in high school, you know, I would spend a lot of my time on the weekends skateboarding, you know, while other kids were going to play sports, they were going to coffee shops to hang out um, or, you know, even piano lessons, you know, a typical one for, for us uh, Hong Kong honkies. Um, I was out there skateboarding on the streets, right? So 
it was just me, my crew. We would go to, you know, different spots, we call them in the skate in the skate culture, which is just like skate spots. Mm -hmm. So we'd go out into the city and find these these spots to film at. And uh, a whole thing with skate culture is when you film a trick, that's the only point that it matters when you get on camera, right? Wow. If you do if you do a trick down, say, a set of eight stairs, right? You do mm -hmm. a flip trick, say a kick flip, and you land it. In our culture, a lot of people say that that doesn't that hasn't happened unless it's on camera, right? It's never wow. been done, NBD. So for us skateboarders, it's very important to get it on camera, right? So wow. we'd always carry a little that. camcorder around with us and uh, we'd go hit the street. So um, there was a big problem with that, right? All of us wanted to be the ones being filmed. We all had our own little tricks yeah. that we wanted to get. Right. Designated driver type of thing. Yeah. So we'd be like, oh, but it's my turn. I want to I want to be filmed. I want to get my trick. You know, like we all have our set tricks in mind for the specific spot, for example. And we'd always fight over who gets to do their trick and who has to hold the camera. Like holding the camera and filming was a chore for, for most of us. Right? Wow. Because you're just so, standing there looking at everybody having fun. Exactly. You're just like, when is it my turn? You know, here I am with this little thing, this machine that I don't even know how to use properly. All I know how to do is hit record, right? Um, so yeah, we'd always kind of just like pass it around and be like, no, you take it, it's my turn. You take it, it's my turn. And we'd always kind of just like repel this this thing, this machine. Um, and then one day I remember uh, I was filming. I just so happened to be holding the camera, right, mm -hmm. for my friend. And we were at this place called Morrison Hill which is, it used to be a bike park or, or like a bike, um, I don't know what you call those or if you have those where you're at, yeah. but they're mm -hmm. just like bike hills where mm -hmm. it's, it's a park, but they're just like gentle hills and stuff, no yeah. obstacles or anything. Um, so that's basically what it was for initially, um, built for, and then skateboarders took it over. So it turned into like one of our spots. Damn kids. So, yeah, <laughs> we're just like, look at this little bike, bike path. We're just going to take it over and ruin it. Um, but yeah, it turned out to be a pretty iconic skate spot in Hong Kong. So any like pro skateboarders that come through Hong Kong, they'll stop by Morrison Hill, um, which is pretty cool. So, yeah, I mean, this one day I was filming with my friend and he was trying this trick that he'd been trying for a couple of days at that point. So a couple of weekends back to back. Um, and it was a trick on a rail there. So there were some barriers surrounding the bike path and the rails were just the right height for skateboarders to do tricks on. So Alex, who was my friend at the time, uh, still are, but you know, it's been a while. Um, he was trying to do a pretty complex trick on that rail that's mm -hmm. probably never been done before. And uh, I was the one filming it. So I was sitting there, you know, waiting for him to get it done. And that's a thing that people don't like about filming, I guess, as a skateboarder is just you have to sit there for a long period of time. And wait, fail, until fail, 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 fail. So it's a lot of waiting and you can get really impatient. Um, but after a couple hours, you know, we get there in the morning. He's he's trying this trick. He's warming up. He's doing his practice. And he's like, okay, I'm, I'm ready, Jerry. Let, let's film. I'm sitting there waiting and waiting. He's failing. He's failing. And I remember the moment that he hops on the rail. He grinds it. He does his trick. And he hops off and lands it perfectly. That moment, 
my camera just shut off. Something oh, happened. Oh, wow. Where it just like, it just glitched and it stopped recording at that moment. And he went on to like celebrate. He was like thrilled. He was buzzing. Everybody's high fiving. Like, yeah. yeah Everyone's yeah. like, let's go, Alex. You're amazing. That was awesome. That was like, you did that perfectly. Um, in, in our community, we have this thing called STEEZ, right? Mm -hmm. Which is just another word for a specific style that mm -hmm. you do a trick, mm -hmm. which is just like super casual, you know, really relaxed, but you did it like easily, almost effortlessly. And uh, yeah, everyone was like, dude, you did that with so much steez. It was so good. Wow. And I was sitting there like, like almost shaking because I wow. knew what was coming for me. Oh, crap. And um, when that kind of dust settled, they caught, they came to, you know, they came to me, obviously. They're like, okay, we need to see the trick. Let's see it. Let's, let's see let's it. watch it. And I, I just do, I, I didn't know what to do. I stood there and I was like, guys, I, I, I didn't get it. Like I fucked up. I, I didn't get it. Um, and uh, everyone was like, no, man, no, what the fuck? But I remember of everyone that was there, Alex was the one that didn't say anything. Wow. I looked at his face and he was just like. You read it. You read it. Man, I, I remember his face every single time, you know, um, and that just really hit me. And it, and it sucked because he tried so long, like almost four hours, five hours at that point to get that trick. Wow. Not to mention the days prior of him trying. So this and, was a long uh, time coming. This was, it like... was a long time coming. Wow. Yeah. So that important moment I completely missed. And, you know, there's, there's a part of the story where, you know, I don't mention, which is he went back and he did it again and he landed it, right? He okay. got the trick again. But it wasn't the same, right? The celebration wasn't the same. The trick didn't look the same. There wasn't the same amount of steez. And Ooh. it was just, you know, it was one of those moments where I was like, damn, we, we missed it. We missed that perfect it's moment. It's not iconic. It's like, yeah. Man, so, um, man. Yeah. Ah. It, it sucks. And just like reliving that moment sometimes, it, it gives me shivers. Um, but yeah, it was a big, big lesson learned. And yeah, I guess like, from that day, I realized how powerful a video camera was, right? Wow. How powerful capturing a story was, capturing a moment was. And to this capturing... day, you have no idea what, what went wrong with the camera. Like you can't, even with your expertise right now, to this day, you can't go back and say, oh, that's what happened. <laughs> no, no, I wow. can't. Because, well, the only thing that I could assume is it was a camcorder that used tape, right? Okay. So with a lot of wear and tear, they're not like your DSLRs mm -hmm. nowadays that, that are well built. This was just a plastic camcorder that mm -hmm. used tape. So, you know, just dudes skateboarding on the streets with a camera, you know, they're not going to handle that camera very well. Obviously. So I'm guessing, you know, something happened. We something bumped happened. it a couple of times and yeah, the it was tape that messed time. up. It was that time, but yeah. it had to be that time. But yeah, man, had, uh, that's, that's, that's heavy. That's heavy. Just hearing you talk about it, like with so much imagery, it's, it, it's really vivid. It's really still present. It's still with you. It's still with yeah. you. Yeah. Wow. Well, what does that say about, you know, the heart that it takes to, you know, go beyond that? Because you could have let that shatter you and say, okay, this could have broke, this could have broken your friendship. This could have totally like, okay, I can't like, don't ever give me a camera again. But you use that as fuel. And that's why I want to bring it up because a lot of the people listening to us will take that one 
sucky day, <laughs> right? That one sucky project, that one sucky, you know, opportunity missed, and then just let that define them forever. But you took that, and you know what? You went beyond it. And can you can you bring us there? At uh, okay, this sucks, but let's move past it. How do we how do we build on that? Yeah, it, that's an interesting question because I never really thought about how I went the other way, you know, how I chose the the positive way to look at that moment. Um, I guess as a child, I was always optimistic, right? So I just is, I guess it's always been ingrained to me, ingrained in me to look on the brighter side of things. So mm-hmm. I kind of took that and I was like, you know what, this is this is actually cool. Like I know how important these things are Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to take this, this little machine, this little video camera in my hand lightly anymore. Um, And, you know, the more it wasn't intentional, I guess, to, Mm -hmm. to take, to, to use the camera more and be behind the camera more. But I realized after that day, the more I held the camera, the more focused I was the more there, you know, in the moment I was to capture that moment, because I knew I couldn't miss another moment or my friends would absolutely kill me, right? <laughs> they would, they would just, they would ax me from the group, right? So I, I learned to enjoy it over time. And eventually, I became the filmer. I stopped skateboarding. I stopped skateboarding. Really? I stopped doing, yeah, I stopped doing my own tricks. I stopped trying to land my own tricks. And I became the dedicated filmer because there was something so rewarding and fulfilling about capturing other people's moments and cheering them on and egging them on and being a support system for them than it was to really land my own tricks. Wow. So I guess that's kind of what kept me onto video was the fact that it was about helping other people and that's i guess where kind of the the innate um the innate tendency for me to want to serve people and and help others as opposed to myself and put others first um yeah i guess that's where it came from because you really you you say that you say it a lot you bring it home because what i heard about that is that okay i let my friends down on this one and you know what if i'm going to play this role i'm going to play it you know fully and intentionally and come what may, and okay, you had to set aside, you know, skateboarding. And I'm really happy because uh, I was going to ask that. Like, are you still so are you still skateboarding? But what does that say about the fact that if you want to do? Because I read, I read this somewhere. Um, I'm trying to privacy. You can be good at a couple of things, but you can only be really good or an expert at very few things. So what I'm trying to bring forth to the people listening to this is the fact that you need to set aside this if you want to be good at that so i'm guessing that you know people don't understand that there are sacrifices towards the road of you know your own journey of growth and expertise so you know you still you know that you mentioned that you have to give up skateboarding so that's really heavy okay so people need to keep that in mind that you know you are going to have to make sacrifices along the way yeah i guess and i guess it wasn't that intentional that i was like you know i need to sacrifice skateboarding like i still love skateboarding and to answer your question, I do occasionally skate skate nowadays mm-hmm. just to get around, you know, mm-hmm. easy, convenient transportation. But I'm not doing the crazy tricks. Like, I'm not jumping down sets of okay. stairs and stuff like that. I'm not going down shredding rails think, yeah. and stuff and doing kickflips and stuff. Uh, I think I would absolutely destroy my body if I did that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it wasn't really an intentional sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like, 
my my interests kind of shifted. It's just Good. natural. Okay. Um, and I guess that to boil it down, it all it all comes down to that that fulfillment piece. It's like cool landing a trick and trying to get a trick for for days and days on end, and finally getting that trick. That little dopamine hit of landing the trick is amazing. Um, but I got more fulfillment from seeing my friends, all my other friends land there in incredible tricks. You know, I was in awe of them and I wanted to be that, that, that system for them. Um, that almost cheerleader, if you will, um, so that they could be in the best environment to land their trick. And that became, you know, kind of my, my North star from then on. And, um, yeah, it just became much more fulfilling to do that. So. Nice. See, because I always, because you mentioned this in the workshop, because when I guess that, you know, we're stored with that, because we, we can all, if we're talking about your subjects, you can always go back to that memory. That's the power of video. You can always go back to the memory. And I guess that sometimes that I do that, like I was cleaning my phone like a couple of weeks ago. And you know that Google just saves your pictures and you ne you never go back. But I saw videos of my kids, like babies. I totally forgot. You know when you're just cleaning a bunch of stuff and I found baby videos. I'm like, dude, yo. It's like, and I just like, I shared it with my wife. I was like, where did the time go? Like, was like a there was that emotion. There was that yeah. emotion there. And I hear you when you say that you can be the caretaker of these memories. Because that's how I see you. Like, you're a caretaker of memories not just through branding we're going to get into that but just being that person who can actually bring that message forward like these memories matter and i'm going to make sure that you can always like you know you can trust me with these memories like good on you man like ah man <laughs> but so when Pretty we cool. go from and I, you know it's sincere when we go from okay the skate park okay and how do we because you've done you've done a lot you've worked in marketing with big brands you went from hong kong to boston now back to australia like you've been around you've done some cool shit jealous can you tell <laughs> but how that's that's the thing i love about about your trajectory is because like you've never been afraid to take chances like i remember this story because i was listening to uh, your previous interview with um with chris alacrity media hi chris and you mentioned how, you know, sometimes this shit just happened. You go back to Hong Kong. You were just looking for money and like, OK, I'm going to be a receptionist. And then boss boss quits. And then like, OK, you want the job? <laughs> yeah. So is has that always been part of your part of your script? Just like take chances. Fuck it. Come what may. Yeah, I, I guess so. Like, I like to think it's half half serendipity and half like you know it's like make your own luck almost mm -hmm. like put yourself in positions to to be lucky and it just kept happening you know it, it it happened even before that too where just to backtrack a little so before i went back to hong kong to to get this reception job right to make my money to make my first my first you know dollars as a as a new grad um before that i did some internships in boston mm -hmm. And basically with my, my university at the time, a big part of that um, academic program was internships. So it was a co-op program, they called okay. it. So we do six-month internships every, every two semesters or something like that. And one of my internships was at this big media agency. Mm -hmm. 
one of the, I think one of the big four at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, typically those internships are internships, right? You're an intern. They're not You're giving you a big, a big, you know, a big um, a role in the, in the team. And uh, I was like, okay, I'm kind of expecting that, but I do want to learn something, right? Sure. It's an agency, it's in advertising and marketing. I want to ask in the I'm in school for, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the first like month or two, I was doing copies, right? Doing the typical intern stuff, do copies, say take Grunt notes work. in this meeting. Yeah. All the, all the, all the boring stuff. And then one day my superior at the time, my supervisor left to a different company. So I'll get back to the, to the, to the other story you're talking about. Before, no, sure, sure. It's okay. This is your the space. Supervisor left and, Love it. and, and, and um, basically her manager was like, Jerry, we need someone to fill this role immediately. Do you want to step up? I know you, this is an internship. Do you want to step up? And I'm like, hell yeah, if that's the only way I can learn, then then hell yeah, you know, let me in. So um, I was able to take up that role, like an interim media planner role mm-hmm. is what it was called. Um, basically helping them, you know, place advertisements on stuff on different websites and stuff. Banner ads, and like did you know stuff. anything about advertising at the time? No, nothing. <laughs> nothing man like all i knew was the one to two months of taking notes in their meetings and how the ad tech worked and stuff like that but prior to that i didn't i didn't know anything i didn't know how it worked i didn't know you had to pay per click or pay per impression and all this stuff so wow it was it was mind-blowing it was mind-blowing to me and um what did that stop i learned i learned a lot yeah, I learned a lot in those six months, a lot more than other interns would have would have learned in six months about advertising, at least. Um, so we, yeah, bef- that happened. Like, I was just like, man, that's that's luck. I feel like that's just luck. You know, it, it wasn't intentional by me, but I put myself in the right position to make that choice and make that decision and be like, yes, I'm in. Let me in. Um, so the same thing happened in Hong Kong. When I went to be a receptionist, I was like, I just need to make money. My boss is like, you're a little overqualified to be a receptionist, but mm-hmm. we have the marketing assistant role. I was like, great. Give me the marketing assistant role. I'm, I'm down. Sure, Anything. why not? And uh, I was, you know, as, as someone fresh out of college, I was like, you know, I want to show my chops, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I know my stuff. I know I did, I did time in those big agencies. Um, and my boss at the time they had a very specific process right they had their own way of doing things and they didn't like this really new gen way of thinking about content and marketing um so i got shut down quite a bit which was totally expected Mm -hmm. and then same thing happened my supervisor at the time left So what do you do? What is this this aura you're walking into, man? What, <laughs> I don't know. I just, push, I just push people away, right? I just I'm just so hard to work with that all my bosses are like, I'm out, you know, I'm done. Um, but yeah, she left, and then my boss was like, Hey man, we need someone to film this, fill this position. Are I'm, you on, chop, chop. I'm like, man, I've done this, uh, this is not the first time I've done this. So yeah, the answer is yes. Um, so I basically within like, I think two months got promoted to head of marketing wow. for, for the gym group. Um, and I had to learn a lot again. It was just like fast track to 
to that position to fill the position. So you mentioned um, that you mentioned uh, you mentioned there was a lot of YouTube University going on. Oh yeah, tons of YouTube, tons of YouTube, tons of Gary V, tons of you know Neil Patel stuff. Just like studying the advertising game, the marketing game. Um, and yeah, I would say like I attribute a lot of what I know today in terms of like distribution of media to mm -hmm. those times where I was like, I have to fill this role, you know, otherwise use, the, I'm not going to do my job. <laughs> use what you have. But what does that say about, and this is something I'm very big on. What does that say about not excuses, but you'll always have a reason not to, but it just has to matter enough to you to get it done, you know? That's what I hear from your journey, because even these circumstances, whether it's, you know, just losing the opportunity to catch the video and so many setbacks you probably went through. But those are some very like key moments where your character shows it's all about resilience. It's all about, you know, stepping into a role and you know what, come what may, but I'm going to get this done. And a lot of people fall short in that because they take that and like. I didn't, I came in for a receptionist job. Like, you know, what are you asking me to be a marketing assistant? No, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. But you know what you said? Yeah, sure. And I will figure it out. But what does that say about, you know, how people should probably just understand that you are capable to do a lot more than you think you can. So that's what I appreciate about it. And I guess that my question is, it's like, how do we, to the people still, you know, who feeling uncertain about their own potential, how do we speak to them? Let them let them know that you know what you can do a lot more than you think you can. Because even when I'm talking for personal experience, I'm paying homage because I if I had not you know just had these connections with you guys, I would not understand the power of video. And I'm just saying out there, I understand that you know there is tremendous power into telling a story and to the video format. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that whether it's video, whether it's writing, whether it's like you know writing that book, whether it's you know losing weight, whatever matters to you, just. Figure out your North Star, figure out your why. And how do we do that? Oh, loaded. That's a loaded question, figuring out your why. I mean, I'm still figuring out, figuring that out to this day. Um, but I guess that you said it, like you hit the nail on the head there. It's like figuring out your North Star. So early on, before I went into all this, you know, into all these different roles, I figured out what I wanted early on. And that's... I wanted to get into marketing. Like I actually enjoyed marketing. I went to school for marketing and finance um, initially because it was to satisfy my parents, like get a business degree, right? Mm -hmm. And I just so happened to cho cho choose marketing because it was the most creative out of out of the business uh, business degrees, I guess. Mm -hmm. And uh, that wasn't really intentional. It was just like let's just choose marketing because that's the most me. But as sure. I got into marketing, I realized how much I enjoy it and how much creative creativity I could I could flex in that in that field. So then I started to get more interested. And then I was like, okay, nearing the end of college, I was like, okay, what well, the big question that everyone gets confronted with at the at the at the grad ceremony, right? Is like no all the parents are asking you, what are you gonna do with your life? You know, what are you gonna do? Like where where are you where are you headed next? Yeah. <laughs> and um you know you have to have those conversations with yourself at that time so the conversation with with myself at the time was i really enjoy marketing and i want to have you know a long career in the field so i knew kind of from that point that marketing was my north star mm -hmm. what's next was a bigger story 
right? It was a bigger, you know, concoction of different decisions that I had to make. Um, so at the time when I graduated, I realized, okay, I'd done an internship in agency, right? So I'd seen what agency life is like. Mm -hmm. um, and then I did an internship at Reebok headquarters in, in Canton, Massachusetts. My man. Uh, so I saw what client side is like, right? Big, big brands, both big brands. Um, and then I realized, wait, what have I not done yet and not experienced in the marketing space? And that was small business. Mm -hmm. So the it's kind of two prong in the decision to go into that to try and get that receptionist job was like one was I needed money and I needed to, you know, start making a living and just get a role somewhere. And two, it was kind of more intentional in the way that I was thinking, okay, well, if I get in, they don't have any marketing roles available right now. So if mm -hmm. I get in as a receptionist, then I can learn small business from there and I can kind of grow and, and, and get your foot in the door. This, this small ladder, if you will. Every of, opportunity of is an opportunity. Business. I love it. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of, I guess, did i answer your question like, yes yes definitely, I think, definitely. Um, don't worry about yeah, it stop editing your stuff you're being me now <laughs> i do that we a all lot. do it man we all do it right no no you definitely did my guy because what what uh what comes out of it is because you know what what you're you know what you want to do you know you're a creative yes you have to go the traditional route to satisfy the parents i totally get that hello patient but it's it's definitely something when you're willing to have the courage to ask yourself those questions because a lot of us always fall into the trap of like okay let me just do this because that's what expected of me as opposed to let me listen to what drives me and i celebrate you for that because it's not a lot of even again you know walking into that graduation ceremony say what are you gonna do in your life i'm like i have no fucking idea <laughs> like but it's it's cool to actually just take chances. That's what's that's the theme that keeps coming back with you. It's taking chances. And I guess that's also what drove you back. I believe, again, I'm probably making this up, what drove you back to Hong Kong and decided where you decide to take a chance on yourself, just on yourself and starting Gerard Media and actually just trying to put your skills and your expertise out there. Because I know it's a, a, a really, a really smooth segue, but the way you bring it home. And basically, your your visual your your video business card is the importance of storytelling, and that word is being thrown around right now in the Instagrams of the world, and everybody wants to have a video business card and like, hey, look, we're awesome. And I guess that what I'm seeing is, you know, especially with your reels and the videos, because you 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 exactly what you taught us in the workshop is exactly what you're bringing forward. It's like, okay, you need to know who you're for. You need to know who you're not. You need to bring story. You need to bring atmosphere. You need to bring texture, texturizing work. And every time I click on your reels, I'm like, okay, tell me a story. And I'm just sitting down. So, like, it's you've you've done, I stop because I know you. It's because that's exactly, I guess, how it should be. And for those of us, again, trying to game the system or bring in those likes or bring in the eyeballs, because it's all about competition for attention, and the the algorithms are always changing. So, I guess I'm picking, you know, your toolbox here for the people who want to know about it. What are your pet peeves? What are the things like if you had like two or three things that people are, people are making, if they would stop making these mistakes, their lives would be so much better just on an Instagram or just a social media standpoint. What are mistakes you see all the time? 
Oh, man. It doesn't, doesn't have to be a laundry list, but maybe like two or three. Like your, your top I do two. have a laundry list. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a laundry list. But let me think about this. Let me narrow it down and see what I can, what I can pinpoint um, to make the most difference. Um, pet peeve, pet peeve. All right. One, one of my biggest pet peeves, and look, there's so many, so many different ways to grow on social media, right? And there's so many ways to grow within specific platforms, right? Specific to that, to that platform. So mm -hmm. I'll speak from Instagram because I've gotten my growth through Instagram and I know Instagram the best. Um, one of my biggest pet peeves is doing the trend game, right? Okay. So basically to break that down for people that don't understand how the Instagram algorithm works is um, the trend game is basically hopping on to seasonal trends you know things that people content that people create that try to ride the wave of a specific trend so Whoa. for example at one point there was a big kind of lip syncing trend mm -hmm. right everyone would have their they would have these like um these audios of people speaking right mm -hmm. and saying something inspirational maybe saying something funny say, saying something entertaining right. and you would take that that um audio file and you would lip sync on top of it and make mm -hmm. it specific to your niche mm -hmm. right so that's an example of like a trending a trending type of content and the reason why that's a pet peeve of mine is because it's not evergreen it by nature by default it, it's trending so you get that you may get a chance at that initial bump in attention but mm -hmm. then it's going to fizzle out and no one's ever going to come back and look at that piece of content. Wow. So that's the problem with trying to ride the trends is it's not very sustainable. Like it's not a very sustainable way to, to make content. Wow. And it's just in my experience, you know, I haven't done much of it because I've seen like the amount of effort it takes into doing research, going on TikTok, going on all these different websites and platforms to research trends and then coming out with one piece of content that fizzles out in a week, like wow. that just wasn't that just wasn't the way for me. So, kind of a pet peeve and kind of a big mistake that I see is a lot of people trying to trying to follow those trends. You Makes know? sense. It's the same Makes thing sense. with like the 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 dancing trend and and the pointing trend. Oh god! Oh god! Um, you know, people have success with it. You know, I'll, I'll give it to them, but it's not very sustainable for most people. Whereas if you just provide you know, interesting information, education in a different, unique way, a different mm -hmm. perspective. I think that's a lot more sustainable to creating content. So um, I guess the, the important aspect is, as we always like to say, who are you? Why should I care? Mm -hmm. What is the value that you bring? What is the problem that you solve? Again, going yep. back to the workshop, you know, I, okay, as a guide, what pain point what problem are you solving okay what solution are you helping me towards and mm -hmm. if you can't answer that yeah okay you're having fun and i guess for me and i'm only speaking from experience and again this is also in storytelling standpoint that's i guess a shift i'm also being very conscious of in the podcast because every guest i bring on i think of myself speaking to my audience because you guys also taught me that okay my podcast is not for everybody and i'm talking for anyone if we're strictly talking about content creation uh, you definitely taught me this, Jerry. You have to know who you're for and you have to know who you're not for. So you need to identify your ideal client, your ideal listener, your ideal 
avatar, if you will. You need to see that person and understand who that person is not. Who are, you, who are you speaking to? And when I speak to these people, I understand that when I bring a guest on, these people are asking me, okay, who is this guest and why should I care? <laughs> Jerry's awesome, by the way. Yes, you should care. Um, but I really, I really thank you for that because that, that teaches us a lot. You talk about education. Yes, your reels are very educational because you bring a lot of not just pizzazz because, yes, there's a lot of video quality there. There's also a lot of expertise. But in those couple of seconds, we learn so much. It's like this slide you did recently, like how you grew the 100,000 followers. And you're just like, yeah, I posted every day. And then I went on all the platforms and you did that. And then you slide towards is everything I did not do. <laughs> like, I love it. And the third slide was very simple. It was like, you know what? I make content so damn good. People resonated. I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, why Why can't we do that? Like, why do we, yeah. why do we think that? Okay. I guess authenticity is key. Would you say? I guess yeah. that. Is it because we're so afraid to be ourselves? Is it because we're so, you know, sheepish with our vulnerability? Where do you think that comes from? Because I think there's a lot of fakeness going on. Yeah, I think, it, yeah, it just comes down to, you know, putting on a facade, right? Insecurities, underlying insecurities that you're not good enough, you know, as yourself. So... For me, I've always been pretty, I think a big part, I guess this is another really big thing. And I know that you are very good at this is about being self-aware, right? Self-awareness is, is this superpower that no one talks about. Maybe some it. people talk about Gary Vaynerchuk, <laughs> um, but not enough people are talking about is just knowing who you are knowing where your strengths lie and knowing what you suck at too. So for me, when I'm creating content, I know exactly what I'm good at. I know I'm, I'm really good at connecting dots, right? So mm -hmm. I'm really good at taking concepts that are otherwise extremely complex and that I've learned through studying myself um, and trying to express that in a way that's easily digestible by the average audience, mm -hmm. by the average person who doesn't know all this marketing jargon and speak and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I'm really good at connecting those two dots and bridging the gap between those two. So that's basically what all my content is about. Like the way I teach is, is that way because I know that's how, that's where I excel at is connecting dots for people and giving them that aha moment. So I'm not saying it's the way that everyone should create content. What I'm saying is really sit down with yourself and maybe, you know, I'd love to hear your take on this too, Ollie. Mm -hmm. um, sit down with yourself and really understand, you know, who you are, you know, write it down, all your strengths, all your weaknesses and see how you can connect the dots for yourself of what you can put all your eggs into that basket, you know, yeah. and just yeah. double down on those things. Yeah. And then that's how you should approach your content. So. Yeah. You know, say, for example, you're not someone that's good at connecting dots, but you are incredibly good at writing. Let's say, for example, you notice that you're a really good writer, you're a really good creative writer, um, and you're also a really good graphic designer. But then on the other side, you see I suck at speaking, you know, public speaking, mm -hmm. and I've, I'm scared of video, like I'm, I'm scared to, to communicate that way. 
well, then you've got it right there. You're good at writing and you're good at graphic design. Then maybe the way you should communicate and the way you should educate is through carousels. You make a very nice, well-designed carousel and you write it so well that you're able to hook people in, retain their attention all the way till the end and then call them to action. And then cool. that's when you know, okay, this is me, right? Is because you did the exercise of understanding who you are and what you're good at and what you suck at and leaning into that as opposed to being like, hey, this person's doing that. I can do it too. Let me do that. Might yeah. as well. Oh, well, this right. person is doing this. Let me do that. I guess we all fall into that trap, me included, because you see, again, we're always, you know, peeping the likes and like, oh, okay, this, I guess I should do this. I guess I should do that. The dance challenges and everything. And you're right. You have to grab a pen and paper and it's not that complicated. And I guess if we're being practical to people listening, I guess it's not about, okay, who am I? Because that's a loaded question, but you have to ask yourself, okay, do I like teddy bears? Do I like movies? What is it that makes me gel? How do I like to hang out? Who are the people I hang around with? What are the type of movies I like? Okay. Do I like watching like, you know, a four hour Joe Rogan interview or can I, am I okay with the snippets? Like, do I like Neil deGrasse Tyson? There are things that will basically boil you down to your matrix and then make you understand like, okay, so, okay. So that pretty much sums me up and you're not such a special snowflake that you're the only one in existence. All right. There are people like you. There, there's, you know, what Seth Godin calls your tribe. Your tribe is out mm -hmm. there. And I genuinely do believe that if people understood that the more genuine and the more you make it clear who you are and what you're about and what you're bringing, because everybody thinks they have to be the expert, right? Well, you could be at number level two and someone is at zero. You're still an expert to that person. How do I get to two? Okay, this is how I did it. And that's how you bring the value and mm -hmm. so on and so forth. But I guess that what you said is really important because you really need to have that conversation with yourself where you understand that, okay, I am doing this because this is what means to me. And if we're taking the podcast, for example, we, you and I haven't had this conversation before. How this podcast was born is because I came from a very bad period of depression. And I'm like, I realized that in between being at home with the baby, not having a job and not knowing where my life was going to go because I just quit a very successful career and I had a burnout. I'm like, huh, married, wife, two kids, mortgage, not knowing what he's going to do. But he believes that, you know what, this is just a sucky moment, but might as well record it for people, at least one person who can take this and understand that they're not alone. And let me bring people who their own actions and their own journey also can connect with these human emotions. And I bring in one guest at a time. And that's how I've built it. And that's how honest I am about it. And we're still here. And I understand that this is not a podcast for real estate professionals selling $100 million in real estate every year. I know who I'm not for. And I'm okay with that. And I'm growing through it. That is my story. That's probably not your story, but that's my story. You have to know what you're building on. And you have to have that conversation. For some people, it's scary because they believe that, no, what's my story? I'm not so special. But... You taught me that as well. We all have a story. As long as we're willing to, you know, dig deep and actually just look inward and say like, huh, yeah, I guess I do have a story. And I thank you for that because these are, these are messages that you bring back a lot that we need to consider ourselves. Again, self-awareness that, you know what, we can move and we can share powerful, impactful connections with not just 
the social media, but as human through these human experiences, you know, that's our brand. That's our messaging. That's our story. Damn. Mm -hmm. I did not expect this to be so, Ooh, man, that was heavy. <laughs> Good heavy, man. Dude, I love oh, it. Love like, it. I love yeah. It. I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll build it on top of that. Cause I think, I think I'd love people to take away that what you just said, right? The thing that we had to teach you in the workshop and the, that we had to teach the rest of the, of the students was everyone has a story. Whether you believe it or not, you have a unique, interesting story to tell. And, you know, everyone's using storytelling as a buzzword to the point where people think that storytelling is, I have to tell some sob story about this moment in life where I felt absolutely stuck or where I, you know, hit this horrible horrible wall and you know i don't want to share this super vulnerable story right to the to the public and that's a big misconception about storytelling is you have to tell this vulnerable sub story that everyone's supposed to cry about what i like to tell people is like you can find stories in everyday interactions you can find stories in going to the grocery store and talking to the clerk there you mm -hmm. can find stories in you know almost getting run over by a taxi like all these little everyday stories like for me my story about the skateboarding it's not some like super sad story about how i got hit by a I car wanted, and i'm yeah, paralyzed exactly or i wanted to be a professional skateboarder and i couldn't because i was asian you know like some of these these stories mm -hmm. it's not always the case my story was just like i remember this one day that my friend was trying a trick and I missed the trick while I was filming it. And I learned a lesson from that, right? It's a very oh. everyday, everyday thing that, that people can relate to. Could happen to anybody. And um, yeah, I think people need to realize that is like, you can, you can tell stories with literally anything. It's how you structure that story and the tools that you layer on top of it they're going to determine whether it's a good story or a bad story or a story that people want to listen to. Wow. So that's wow. the big thing is like story, story doesn't come from good. Storytelling doesn't necessarily come from the actual content of the story. Good storytelling comes from your ability to create a compelling story through structure and, and, and techniques and stuff like that. So that's it. a whole other world, a whole other conversation. Um, but yeah, there's stories in everything. Everything. Wow. I had one last practical tip uh, because I'm, I'm sure for all the people who are probably going to check out your, uh, your Instagram following this recording, I know they're probably going to ask the questions, but um, you know, the gels and the cameras and the lightings and the stuff. And I remember when I was really deep into photography, a uh, really popular uh, photographer I used to follow a lot. And uh, he really imprinted this into people who were following into his fan base. The best camera is the one that's with you. His name is Chase Jarvis. And mm -hmm. do you still believe that's the case as far as videography is concerned? The best camera is the one that's with you? How how can we speak to people who, I know your answer, I, I was meaning you, I know you're so, you're very forthcoming. For for other people like looking at your contest, oh, I've got, he's got the great lighting and the gels and the expertise and the photoshops and the envados and all that stuff. But can you bring it home for them and let us know that it doesn't have to be that complicated? 
Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that statement that the best camera is the one that you have with you. I mean, that's the great thing about my field right now is like everything, all the tech is becoming democratized. Like everyone can have 4K, 60 frames per second, 120 frames per second in their pocket. Wow. And I know when you're talking technically, you know, there's a big difference. But to the average consumer that's scrolling on Instagram on this tiny screen, they're not going to notice most of the time. Mm -hmm. So I think it is important to, to understand that, that, you know, you have so much great tech at your disposal. You don't need a big production, a big production crew. You don't need the, the highest quality camera, the, the next gen DSLR that's coming out. Um, but what you do, what I would suggest is, you know, you do need to understand composition. You do need to understand lighting. And these are all things that are just principles of videography, if we're talking videography. Mm -hmm. um, because these are the things that are going to make the biggest difference in how your composition turns out, right? So, like, for example, you could, you could have, like, a... A Sony A7S III, for example. That's mm -hmm. my like main camera. It's a very mm -hmm. nice camera. It's a very nice video camera, um, and has all the all the features, all the specs that you could ever want from a content camera, right? But if I, for example, use that camera to film a piece of content, and I just turn on the 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 lights in my room, right, the ceiling lights, and I just leave it at that, versus me taking an iPhone 8, for example, putting that on, on a tripod, making sure I have a nice key light, a nice soft light mm -hmm. to hit my face to light me up, making sure I have a nice, maybe a hair light in the background, maybe some practical lights, which are just lights that um, they're background lights, accent lights, mm -hmm. uh, and just controlling the lighting in your space you're going to get a much better outcome out of that iPhone 8 than you, than would, you would out of that professional Sony a7S III. So people just need to understand how to light their frame. They also need to understand how to get good audio, which I think is pretty simple nowadays. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I'd say like you don't need to have the best tech nowadays, but you do understand, you do need to understand the basic principles, principles of, of, of filmmaking if you want lighting to get into audio. that. Yeah. Lighting, and, lighting audio. and audio. And yeah. again, YouTube University, guys, it's all over the place. It's <laughs> all over the place. Man. Yeah. Dude, exactly. I respect your time. I know we're coming up on top of the hour, but I want to close this off by saying that um, I really do appreciate you, appreciate you, Jerry. I want to really applaud you for all the great work you're doing. Uh, it's not just about the followers. It's about the fact that I really value growth and I really value the connection that we share um, as collaborators and as friends. I really do uh, want to, you know, highlight all the great service that you're bringing forward, you know, helping us, you know, just grow our brands, grow our content, you know, just try to think differently about storytelling and how we bring our authentic selves uh, through these mediums. And, you know, just just uh, grow, grow, just grow, not just on these platforms, but also as people. I mean, these are little concrete examples of what we can. I really enjoyed sharing this time with you for all the people, that, again, who want to probably follow up and probably connect with you or, you know, just hire you. You know, <laughs> shameless plugging time. Where can we connect with you on the interwebs? Yeah, man, um, you can reach me at Gerard dot media on Instagram. So G-E-R-A-R-D. 
full stop media. Um, I spend most of my time there and on LinkedIn, Gerard Tam, if you want to connect there and you can check out my website, gerardmedia.io as well for some of my work, well, um, which needs to be updated. Definitely. <laughs> but you can check out some of the stuff there. Love it. Um, love but, it. Man. Yeah, I man. will definitely, definitely hook up all the proper web presences and the links on the blog post once it goes live, my friend. Uh, yes, we sir. do have a running tradition on the podcast of uh, just a closing, closing thought, as I like to call it, the next step. Basically, anyone listening to this, anyone that could probably use favorite book, mantra, best camera, um, you know, just something they can use tomorrow, waking up as a next step towards their next level. Is there anything we can leave the listeners with? Hmm. I mean, since we're coming off the back of, of that whole, whole, whole conversation about cameras is use the, use the camera that you have with you, you know, Go out and try use your your iPhone 8 as shitty as you think it may be. If it has a broken screen and everything, the camera still works. Go and try it. Understand lighting, understand composition, understand audio. And uh, yeah, just know how to tell stories and you'll be a killer content creator. Love it. Love it. (laughs) Man, guys, Gerard Tam, awesome videographer, content creator. Guys, do go check out his Instagram, Gerard.media on Instagram. But I will definitely link it up. It's been such an amazing, an amazing time. I'm so grateful for this time, this shared space. Guys, thank you so much for, as always, checking in on the podcast and supporting us on this journey. Find us on all the platforms, as you do know. But as always, thank you so much for supporting this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful journey that is only aimed at serving you in the best way that we can to these wonderful individuals that share their time with us. As always, stay blessed, stay safe, and as always do, stay awesome. This has been another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. We always love to get your feedback, so please do drop us a line via Instagram, Facebook, or email. Our email address, awakentheawesome at gmail.com. Do visit our official website at awakentheawesome.ca, where you can find our entire back catalog of episodes and incredible guests. Also, if you haven't already, please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, give us a rating, and leave us a review, as this helps us tremendously in growing this podcast and spreading the word to more awesome listeners like you. We always appreciate your support, and thank you for listening. Stay awesome.